and I've delved down and up many rabbit holes. It's all part of that self-care journey of learning. Self-care strengthens healthy habits. It changes unhealthy behaviors in ourselves and others. The change comes from within because it's our journey and no one else's. Ideally, as we work to be the best version of ourselves, those we love around us will also be our best supporters club. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast, the show that helps crack open your heart and inspire a deeper regard for your own well-being and happiness. Proudly brought to you by 28 Essentials, here's your host, the gorgeous Kim Morrison. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast. This week we have a beautiful soul, the amazing Suze Bethamley. This remarkable woman has an incredible story and I know you're going to absolutely love hearing how she's gone from being burnt out to leveling up and now sharing all she's learned through her journey of highs and lows into an incredible well-being toolkit. Her career has spanned 30 years in various roles and vocations from sales, service, business development, HR, recruitment, operations and administration over sectors as varied as skincare to motor vehicles, the fish industry, and civil earthworks. She's encapsulated all this knowledge and her life experience into her business, which she has created. Bella SQ focuses on providing health and well-being information in the form of a well-being toolkit to support the health and well-being of employees. She shares her story and how she came to understand the importance of self-care, which has led her on an incredible journey of self-awareness to now. You're going to take so much from today's podcast. I encourage you to listen to it. And any of you going through troubles or have partners, uh, men in particular that aren't in a great place, I promise you this podcast and what Suze has to offer is going to give you some beautiful comfort and clarity and also tools to get through these moments. As we hear, everyone has a story. We just have the ability to write it and script it in the way we want it. So please buckle in. You're going to love the conversation, the dynamics, and the incredible learnings this amazing soul has to offer. And if you love what you hear, please make sure you go to the notes to get all the links to follow this amazing woman. I cannot recommend this enough, but if you do love the feedback and you want to give us a five-star rating, I am always so grateful for those, but also a review. They really do help people find what they're looking for. If you also really enjoy it and want to post a comment, you can go to my Instagram page, Kim Morrison and the number 28. You can go to my Facebook page, Kim Morrison Training, or you can go to thewellnesscouch.com forward slash self-love podcast. All the notes are in there. The links are there for you. And please notice the amazing 20% discount that Suze is offering every single one of you that listen to today's show. I invite you to take care of yourself, to look at the perspective and the lens on which you're looking through for your life and look at how you can level up and thrive through all aspects of this miraculous, wondrous thing we call life. Take care, be kind and enjoy today's show. I'm incredibly excited this week to invite to the self-love podcast, a beautiful soul, someone who I actually feel very privileged and honored to call a friend. 
I've got to know her well. We got to experience Paris and Provence together. She's been on a beautiful journey of self-discovery, growth, and incredible ability to learn to love oneself. And I just know you're going to love her story. Beautiful Suze Bethamley, welcome to the Self Love Podcast. Oh, Kiora, thanks, Kimmy. Um, oh, I, <laughs> I have to it. say it's a real honour to be a guest here on your Self Love Podcast. Well, you know what? It is such a privilege for us to have you here and that I'm sure our listener can hear that Kiwi twang. So kia ora, back to you, my darling fellow Kiwi. And as I said, it is a privilege. So before we start talking about the actual work that you're doing today and what's inspired you to get into creating this incredible program that you've done, maybe you could give the listener just a background as to your story, where you're from, what's happened, the highs, the lows, and what's brought you into line to do the work that you're doing today? Okay, yeah, happy to do that. Um, Probably firstly, I'd say just because this is the first time I've been on a podcast, and I'm thankful for the honour of that, uh, one of the things that you had mentioned some time ago is if you want to grow, you need to be comfortable being uncomfortable, and that's, I have to say, eek. Yes, I am uncomfortable. So thank you for pushing me, Kimmy. Um, When I reflect on my life, I think that most of my journey to date has been centered around lessons of my heart, Um, my self-worth and trusting and learning really to trust in me. Uh, As that saying goes, what we resist persists. Well, I've had a few decades as a slow learner, uh, blind to the big picture, Or maybe it's been part of life that we're more open to changing our lenses as we get older. As I say, I'm still learning and growing. Over the last, my last 51 years, there's been heaps of pattern repeats, freaky sliding moment, door door moments, and then here we go again. And I actually wouldn't change one thing. I live on a lifestyle block uh, we call Bella with my partner Steve and my dog Toby. Uh, I'll give you a brief brief background on me. I was born in 1971 in in Zumi Hospital in Dodoma, Tanzania. At the time, my parents were working for CMS and dad was a secondary school teacher. We moved back to New Zealand when I turned five. I did most of my schooling in Christchurch, New Zealand, and I was engaged at 18, married at 19, And my hubby and I moved up north to the Kapiti Coast. I had two, my two lovely sons, Sam and Josh, and they're now 27 and 28 years. And and very fortunate for me, they don't live far away. Their dad and I separated when I was 29. I was really young, emotionally, ill-equipped and not able to deal with behaviours. They made me feel not good enough and um, I couldn't handle the situation. So I actually walked away. I now assess triggers and confronting things as onion layers, things that we uncover. They make us cry and feel uncomfortable. But unless we address the core, our why, our part in it, we can't make something good out of it. You know, from raw, raw onions cooking them to translucent and then caramelized. At the time, I didn't have enough self-awareness to know what my onion layers actually were. 
trust was broken in him and trust in me. Why am I not good enough? I was on my own parenting for four years. And then I met my second husband who had three girls, five, eight, and 13 years old. We created a blended family. We were nearly the Brady Bunch. For 16 years, we were together and that was a treasure. And we were married for 10 of those years. This was a pretty full-on time. There were lots of highs and lows that come with bringing up five kids. And also navigating relationships with our exes whose parenting styles were quite different from ours. It was also an expensive time. It, it required our two high-powered grunty incomes to provide the lifestyle and education for them all. We ended up moving to far north Queensland in 2010 to be closer to my hubby's identical twin brother and his family. And our blended family was then fragmented. So they and we came back and forth across the ditch between families. It was challenging apart from being apart from our whanau and away from NZ. We actually spent a small fortune flitting back and forth, not really putting our roots down fully, but still loving the FNQ lifestyle and the weather, of course. I can actually see the day very clearly where my life changed totally forever. Let me take you back to 2015. It's a gorgeous sunny day in far north Queensland on the 18th of August. I'd woken up feeling positive and confident and that wasn't always the case. I knew I had a busy schedule ahead. So first up, as is always the case with me, it was a coffee stop and then I was into it. At the time, I was a regional manager for a multi-divisional, large, national not-for-profit company, and I was actually burnt out. It was mid-morning when my mobile rang. My sister-in-law in tears screamed down the phone, come now. I had no idea what had happened, but I knew it was bad. I uh, threw off my heels and I ran. Uh, life changed forever that day. My brother-in-law committed suicide leaving a beautiful wife and two young boys. He was my husband's identical twin brother. The white water of grief, anger, depression, suicidal talk of the family around me was extremely difficult to handle because I was already actually burnt out. My cup was empty. I didn't have the reserves or the go-to well-being tools to support me in my grief let alone those I needed to support in my whānau around me. If you picture a whitewater raft, I've thrown out, I've fallen out, or I've been chucked out, the current's strong and each time I try to get close to get, getting back in that raft, another oar dunks me. That was my light bulb moment, just surviving sucks. I needed to make changes and prioritize my own well-being first before I could support others. It's a bit like this airline safety instructions, put your own oxygen mark, mask on first. It was then that I chose to pivot and set off on a new path of health and wellness. It required change and so that I 
could start on that trajectory of learning on how to improve my wellness, I one of the things I did was on the 28th of February 2016, I flew to Brisbane with my hubby and I went on my own to a Food Matters television event. I had spontaneous booked this online and it just felt right. Kim, you were one of the guest speakers that day and uh, all of the speakers um, spoke well, um, but what you spoke about resonated completely. I left with that little spritzer of vigor and spice and not long after chose to study and become a health and lifestyle educator through the 28 program. Since then, I've completed courses, programs, various subscriptions, books, podcasts, listen to lots of TED Talks. I'm a committed member of your self-love and wellness mentorship program. Uh, and I've delved down and up many rabbit holes. It's all part of that self-care journey of learning. Self-care strengthens healthy habits. It changes unhealthy behaviors in ourselves and others. The change comes from within because it's our journey and no one else's. Ideally, as we work to be the best version of ourselves, those we love around us will also be our best supporters club. As my self-care behaviors change, so did the importance of healthy boundaries which challenged our marriage. There is no I in team. We had counseling and as I and as I had to learn to effectively share my boundaries, things weren't ideal. I love him. Stood the depth of scars he carried from losing a father and twin brother to suicide. I decided it was time to move back to NZ. The strain of traveling back and forth to New Zealand, aging parents, and now all our kids had settled back in NZ. And my husband reluctantly agreed. We sold our house. I moved first and my husband followed. He headed back to Cairns a few months later to settle the sale on the factory and never returned. He had started a new relationship and um, our marriage came to an end in 2019. That triggered a pattern repeat of more onion layers. My grief. Trust was broken again. Am I boring? Am I not good enough? I was broken. And then an opportunity came up very last minute of joining that 2019 Paris to Provence trip, which my parents encouraged me to, um, you know, go do it. Paris was hugely significant. My emotional wounds were so fresh. I didn't actually realize how fragile I was. Being surrounded by oh, such beauty, the history, all the aromas, the love and lots of laughter was a blessing. Uh, Robbie Zeck, who you know well, in one of her workshops, took us through her very special love, grace and gratitude. And we also created our own fragrance. Mine was lavender to nurture me, benzoin to release the life I had, and cedarwood, courage and faith that I can do this on my own. Robbie took me through a physical movement and mantra, breathing in I feel, breathing out I flow, my heart is cradled, and then a big deep breath. 
I remember how difficult it was at the time to allow my hands to release the breathing out I flow. Looking back, I'd padlocked my broken heart. On that trip, seeing the partner's husband, all the partner's behaviours, you know, Jim, Danny, Stu, Peter, Stephen, Ernesto, it restored my faith that it's possible to have a loving, mutually respectful relationship. Then on uh, one of my bucket list days on that trip in St. Romain, the Vincent van Gogh visit and that anticipated light show, I very cleverly managed to slip on some steps and broke my hand. Off to the hospital I went. Jim, Kat, Kimmy, Ali G and Leone were amazing. Actually, the whole crew was super supportive. Jim even got myself and Kat back to Vincent van Gogh light show the next day before we left St. Romain. It's interesting because I see that broken hand, and I did do a good job at it, but I see it as a blessing. It forced me to release control, accept the situation I was in, allow others to support me. I had to suck that up. Take the time and really nourish me build my strength back up, and of course, heal my heart. It was not long after I got back to New Zealand, I met, as you know that term, uh, and we used it when we were in uh, Paris to Provence, uh, I met my Hello Christmas, Steve. It was unexpected, fast, and neither of us were feeling we were ready for another re relationship, and yet we found each other everything in each other and more that had been left wanting in our failed marriages. It was a whirlwind six months and then we split during COVID and had six months apart. It was just too early that healing work wasn't done for either of us and we hadn't had enough time on our own to ensure we weren't entering an enmeshed relationship and bringing with it any old baggage. It was pretty rough but we both did the work without contact and six months later we got back together. That was a couple of years ago. And during these few years, we've navigated together some significant life testing things. We're from moving house, traveling, changing jobs, addiction and recovery, home renovations, family, celebrations, milestone birthdays, building our businesses and the sickness and passing of my dear mama. Since April 2020, Kimmy, I've been part of your self-love wellness mentorship group and it, it really keeps me accountable. I'm always learning, I'm challenging myself and growing. It prevents me from holding on to old past its use by date life dialogue. Um, we've all got a story, but we are the architect of it. In a recent book that I've just read um, from Jay Han Casanada, uh, I don't know whether people know who he is in, in Aussie, but he's a New Zealand journalist, a writer, speaker and storyteller. And he puts it this way in his book, uh, in the book's called This Is Not How It Ends. He chunks it down like this. You can reclaim your story, rewrite your past, reinvent your character, reshape your plot, and release your ending with trust, acceptance, and freedom. With my commitment to self-care, I've delved deep and discovered a childhood 
false belief that I was boring and not good enough. And now with this awareness that it's false, I choose to reframe things when I discover another onion layer or a trigger. It's not that those layers aren't there, but my pace in getting out of those um, triggers is a lot faster now. Am I enough? Yes, I am, and more. Am I loved? Yes, I am. Am I worthy? Yes, I am. Am I boring? I can be reserved at times. I am a precise personality, but I am definitely, definitely not boring. It was during COVID lockdown in 2020 when I started the work on building the wellbeing toolkit. Um, I'd had time to take action and uh, find a solution to the question that had been plaguing me. How can I package this knowledge of self-care in a useful way to help others? Having in the past worked in many male-dominated industries and with first-hand experience of burnout and having lost someone close to suicide, it needed to be real, down-to-earth speak. My goal was to have something that might just nudge open the door on a few things that could start someone's self-care journey. That's when I created the Wellbeing Toolkit. Um, it's, the product is a health and wellbeing topics that are unlocked each month in bite-sized animated cartoon video uh, format. Users subscribe, log in, and if they choose, they can download the app and they can watch them anywhere at any time, on their own, as a team, with their staff or with their families. Easy as that, on a tablet or your phone. I've kept it simple, visual, and really practical. My target audience is those who aren't already on a health and wellbeing journey. It's palatable, so they might just dip their toes in and start some simple and incremental change in their lives. No matter whether they're the digger operator, a window cleaner, or a banking consultant, you know, it's across the spectrum. Ideally, this is also supporting businesses to provide a well-being offering to support their team. Often from the start of their at their employment induction stage, rather than the triage ambulance at the bottom of the hill products that most businesses offer, like EAP, though those do have a valued place in a well-being suite offering. But my goal is to lessen the need for those triage products. EAPs are usually used when situations are acute. Staff are already suffering from presenteeism, i.e. they're there but they're not functioning well. The financial performance impact on this business is often not seen until it's assessed retrospectively. Presenteeism leads to absenteeism and then triage is needed and that's often when EAP is used. In my view, the horse is bolted by then. Sometimes you can help staff get back on track to overall good health and wellness, but burnout and other mental or health and wellness issues left until acute take time to heal. And during this time, the result is presenteeism with a direct impact on the person, the team, the business and its customers and the safety of everybody. 
the wellbeing toolkit is designed to use now to hopefully prevent that triage situation. Our staff are worth this investment. The um, animated cartoon uh, modules or topics cover things like awesome awareness, supportive sleep, medicinal movement, helpful hydration, mindfully meditative, releasing resentment, eat to nourish, chemical toxicity, sensible supplements, and best fit help is good. Each month there's also an additional resource library uh, with bonus information related to the topic, book recommendations, video links, podcasts, TED Talks, subscriptions, and there's optional monthly cartoon video challenges, which are good to be able to set that habit. 28 days it takes to make a habit and start something new. I've got some modules that are in design mode now, Grateful Gut, Worthy Words, Habit or Dependence, and Applying Aroma. So that gives you a little bit of an idea of um, if they want to actually see how the video works, we can, we can give them details so you can head to my website. I do pay it forward. If $5 of every wellbeing toolkit purchased uh, supports my uh, the Capity Kindness Trust, which does some wellness and kindness good in my community. And for your uh, for the uh, self-love podcast listeners, I've got a 20% discount until the 31st of December this year. So I'll give you some details on that. So that probably gives you an idea, Kimmy, of um, my history, my, my journey and how I ended up creating the Wellbeing Toolkit and, and what it is now. You tell the story so beautifully and it's, it's very easy to follow and see ourselves in aspects of your story. Do you think having lived through and then grown through and observed your journey with awareness that everybody has a journey, just different stories? They've got the highs, the lows, the challenges. Do you know anyone that doesn't have a life full of challenges or opportunities to grow and learn? No, everybody has a journey uh, and everybody looks at their journey in a different way, depending on what lens in life they choose. Let's talk about that lens because that's probably one of the most pivotal parts because it doesn't matter the story. And I say that with love and respect, every story matters hand on heart. I mean that, but ultimately your story is your story and no one else really, uh, I, I don't want to sound insensitive, but they don't care as much about your story as they do their own. And that's just a normal, natural human trait. But when we have a lens of say negativity, fear, resentment, mistrust, when we have that lens, it's amazing how much more of that we seem to attract into our world. And whilst it's easy to feel like that is the only lens when we're in the throes of it, I'd love to know what were the pivot moments or things that it took for you to remove that lens and try on a new one? What was the actual stepping stones to create a new perspective for you to make the changes you needed? Well, my start in the self-care journey 
it, it took a tragedy for me to finally go, hang on a minute here, I'm not coping. So that was, that was probably the first start for me. But once I started that self-care journey, incremental changes started to happen. And the more you become aware each time you add something into your self-care journey, then you start to retrospectively look back. The more you look back, the more you become aware of what's not quite right. And what I have found is speak, my speak, my speech, my language, my dialogue and my head play such a huge part in how we look or what lens we choose on life. And that's one of the things over a period of time, and, and, and it certainly has helped me being part of the self-love and wellness program to constantly be accountable and uh, to show up and uh, step up and discover when sometimes you're on a path with words where you go, oh, hang on a minute, that's actually not, I haven't, I haven't got my lens right there. I'm not, I'm not using those right words. I'm not... Uh, projecting the right thing here um, one of the other things that I have have in the last year in particular really worked hard on and now it's pattern and I it, I wouldn't be without it now is uh, gratitude I we we, we have a, a, a pattern where we share gratitude every day in the morning and in the evening just the simple things in life and what we're so thankful for for that day and that, over, that just over time has just changed. Uh, I think your lens just gets brighter and brighter and brighter and things don't tend to get so skewed and it just helps to ground you and make you aware that um, life is pretty damn good depending on how you view it. Do you think that whole thing of awareness and that whole aspect of creating a new projection or a new lens or honouring yourself to look at it another way, you're not saying sweep it under the carpet and let's just be Pollyanna and put our rose-tinted glasses on and everything's okay. You're actually talking about doing the deep dive work. You're actually talking about looking in on the shadows, facing your demons, working on yourself. What do you do or how do you do that? Because this is not just a polish over, sweep it under the carpet, is it? No, definitely not. Uh, sweeping under the carpet, just you'll end up, it'll be Groundhog Day and it will just come back in another form and you'll just be on cycle repeat through your, through, throughout your life, which I, <laughs> I've had a fair few of those cycles uh, and uh, until you address those layers, for me personally, I'm talking from, from, from my uh, own perspective, and, and until I was ready to take, uh, be accountable for my part I've played in everything in life, things can happen and it's really easy to become and have that lens of victim. But until every, in a play, there's somebody that plays each part. And unless we accept our role in something and look at our role and become aware of what we could have done differently and how we could have perceived that situation differently, then we're not going to affect any change and we will be on cycle repeat. I hope that helps. I hope that answers that. Yes, it does. It does. Did you do that through, you mentioned before about podcasts and TED Talks and books 
And of course, and thank you for honoring the programs that I've created because my passion and love is to support people very greatly and very deeply on how to be accountable, responsible, and take ownership for our story, our lives, but also to step up above the line and really be in a place of power or, you know, in in that victor space, championing ourselves, really taking it on the chin, but also doing the inner work. Is that, how did you do that? Is it step-by-step? Was it programs? Was it a certain talk? I know you've mentioned certain things in that amazing intro, but was there any one thing that stood out more than anything for you? And if so, what was it? Oh, look, it's just been lots of little things. Um, there's been, you know, different podcasts that I've listened to, different books. I I, I basically, I, I'm on this journey where I'm just um, so ravenous just to keep uh, above the line and and to keep my uh, well-being right. I think once I went down that path and it's felt so good, I just don't want to change that now. So for me, it's it really is a journey of my heart. And so there's just that, I mean, I've got copious books, quotes. Um, I'm, I'm really loving Breen Brown at the moment. I've uh, listened to a lot of uh, Oprah's things. I'm part of Gaia. I have my subscription there and there's just so many nuggets in there. Uh, it's it's just such a a variety there. Um, the Food Matters Television was a really big starting point for me, being involved in that, and that's obviously where uh, I discovered you. But you know, Dr. Libby was involved in that. I went away to one of her uh, weekends in Sydney, and that was really really helpful. Each time I, you, you put yourself in a situation where you can actually be involved in one of these things and you're open to what you're going to learn, uh, it, there's so many gold nuggets. And I think the big thing for me is, which it, Breen Brown certainly helps with that, it's, it's actually when you, when you step up and you allow yourself to be vulnerable, uh, there's so much power in that and uh, that's where that's where the change really happens. If you are open to being vulnerable with yourself, and you sit with it, and you marinate with with yourself, and what what might be wrong, it's actually not that scary. Once you get in there, you can actually make change if you confront it. Um, it's more the fear of confronting. I think um, once we're in a situation, um, we just deal with it, don't we? Yeah, I agree. And I think you did right. It's it's a bit like I guess the metaphor is going somewhere by yourself and having to meet new people it's really scary and daunting and it feels huge until you meet someone that smiles and then all of a sudden there's a connection and then there's this rapport and then there's conversation and then you open your heart to being more open to other people and things or joining the gym or a Pilates program for the first time walking in feeling very awkward and uncomfortable when other people seem so good at it Yes, it all takes time. And that comment you made at the beginning, get comfortable being uncomfortable, is perhaps one of the greatest gifts we could ever bestow on ourselves, because ultimately we do not grow inside our comfort zone. Where we grow is stepping out of that. And as you said, dabbing your toes in it and just trying it is incredible. And that can be as simple as a book or a podcast 
What I love about programs or going to live events and hearing speakers or what I guess Tony Robbins would call immersion, like immersing yourself in the program, the, the live event or the accountability to actually take action, there's something to be said for just dropping yourself into that space and then with no judgment and no expectation of oneself, allowing it to flow. And so I want to take you back to that breathing in and breathing out, that beautiful, amazing physical uh, process that the gorgeous Robbie Zek took you through. There are people out there like Robbie, many beautiful souls out there teaching this work. Do you think we led to the right people or are the right people always there and it's only on opening our heart do they become visible? What's your thoughts around getting to the right program or the right people? There's there's a a quote, and I can't remember who wrote the quote, uh, and it goes something like this. When you you follow the path, the path begins. I may not have the the words exactly right there, but basically when you choose to follow a path, the the path shows itself. And and I really do believe that in life, um, whether you call it, freaky or woo or once we start on a path uh, I, I firmly believe the right people are given to us at, at the right chosen time uh, and uh, you know that's what's so perfect about life we're given things when we're meant to learn them and mm-hmm. and if we open ourselves up to it it's uh, it's it can be quite tremendous yeah As you look back on your journey now and then the creation of this incredible wellness toolkit and how you've created a website and a page that's not only for women, but also definitely, and I guess that's through your experience and your lens of seeing what our beautiful men go through. What is your experience then on the difference between men and women being open to this work? And I just want to add in here, One of my biggest nervous moments when I created the trip to go to France was the amount of people that wanted to bring their partners. Now we're going to see Rose, uh, sorry, Lavender Fields and smell Rose and Clary Sage and, and see fields of juniper and sunflowers and go to the Lavender Museum. I'm sure you can appreciate at the beginning, I was a little bit nervous that these men, these six beautiful men that came on the journey with us, were going to get really bored or find it quite Um, too feminine or just not their cup of tea. But I don't know if you remember when we went to the Lavender Museum, the men were the ones up the front asking the questions. The men were the ones interested in the distillation process and then how long and how much lavender and what were the characteristics and components of lavender. And I was blown away. What would be your thoughts then about men and women on this journey And are we all the same where once we open up, we've all got it coming to us? Or do you think it's really different for men? Love to hear your thoughts on this. I don't think it's that different for men. I think that they are just as open to their own self-care journey. I think they like nice things and good things and they like to feel good. I just think that their language is different and I think they use less words. As we lose less words, it's sometimes harder to read, but it doesn't mean that they're not feeling it in the same way, isn't it? That's exactly right. They just like to have practical solutions, but uh, they're definitely open to it. And um, yeah, 
Yeah, they're just different. It was very special on that trip to see the guys interact the way they did. And I, I found it um, just wonderful. It really was. It was lovely to have them there. <laughs> I want to go back to a part in your life with your beautiful second husband and losing his father and then his twin brother to suicide. And, you know, I've been touched by this as well. And it does change our lives forever. Has that beautiful man picked himself up now and learned from this how to love himself? You don't have to answer this personally. I'm looking more for a general situation. In your experience of witnessing this and being firsthand um, involved in such tragedy, is it something that we can really come out of? And if so, what is your advice to someone who could be in the, the depths of despair right now? I think the scarring is um, really, really uh, raw and it's a hard thing to to heal. Um, but there are resources out there and support out there and it is possible to move forward. Uh, it's, yeah, it, it, his, his journey in healing that is his own and um, uh, being married during that time particularly after his brother uh, we all have different defense mechanisms that we do to support so that we can actually cope uh, especially if we're not if, especially if we don't have an open awareness of wanting to go down that self-care journey really when when something like that happens uh, most of us are just purely surviving at the time uh, it's very acute and uh, yeah that, there's so much that can be done to support them but ultimately that's a that's a personal journey and nobody can heal their heart except themselves uh, but there will always be scarring there there's always loss it's just with the grief and their loss it just time time does make it so much easier Yes, we, we learn to live with it rather than live or try and live without it. Do you think some people are beaten with the unlucky stick more than others? Do you feel like some people's lives are just so tragic and hard? And do you think that that they, I don't know how to word this in a beautiful way, but that they also can be responsible then to turn that around? Or do you think sometimes people are just just unlucky with what they get thrown well that's interesting in itself and that you know you can see people with such crazy unlucky situations and yet they can have the best outlook on life and be so positive and then you have others that it's like it's groundhog day over and over cycles repeat and it's what what I, I mentioned previously about you know what we resist persists and I think unless we really want to do the work within, sometimes things just repeat themselves and a broken record may look slightly differently, but similar situations keep happening until we learn the lesson. I firm belief that that, that is part of our life. Um, but once again, it's awareness. Where is that person in awareness of what, what, what do they need to learn in their life um, to help them to move from uh, being the victim in that situation to uh, being the victor. Mm. It is something, and I think as humans, 
particularly as we become adults, we have this ridiculous belief that we have to do it by ourselves or we should know better or we should do better or we think that we're alone. But like you just said, there are so many resources, support, and it's it's not like you have to spend lots of money on this, but you do have to invest your time and energy. And it's not easy. I, I don't know anyone that would say the journey of the, well, if you've ever watched the hero's journey on YouTube or seen what Joseph Campbell talks about, when we meet the dragons and we try to slay them constantly, it's only when we're looking for the mentors or the beautiful teachers or perhaps therapists or different amazing souls out there that can gently guide us in a knowingly and personal way that help us to eventually cross that abyss and start to find the treasures and the meaning, which of course then gives us more purpose to live and breathe for another day. And then with those scars and those battles and those incredible abysses that we that we jump or that the mountains that we climb, we start to realize just how resilient and beautiful and powerful we are. And I guess ultimately what I'm hearing from you, Suze, is that we also can't change the past. We can only change how we deal with it in this moment and now this moment. And what would you say are your top five self-care rituals or tools or tips that you, three to five tips that you'd give us that if we're going through the abyss or over it or trying to climb that mountain, perhaps you could give us some tips as to what you've used to help you get through them. Okay, well, sleep's a very important one. Whatever you can do in your your patterns to ensure that you can get good sleep uh, is really important because that helps to heal the body. Aroma is so important to me. Um, Just to have those smells that uh, make me feel good and ground a situation, they help to calm my farm, but they also help to settle the environment that I'm in or about to go in and the people that are there. Uh, food, food so important. Um, preventing is uh, minimizing any chemicals, but also making sure that I'm nourishing myself. Because if I don't nourish my body, I'm, I'm my mind's not going to function well. Uh, I'm very conscious of my words, and I'm trying to uh, choose healthy words, uh, uh, healthy language, uh, and that start that 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 is really a lot of that has come from choosing gratitude and they're the simple things for like I'm so thankful that um, I've got a cozy bed to be in not like those people that have had their house flooded out and um, overseas you know just simple simple little things that you can be grateful for we all have things that we can be grateful for and um, breathing and um, uh, like a meditation or a mantra they, they're, uh, that's, that's certainly been helpful for me, different patterns, you know, you breathe in, breathe in four, hold four, breathe out four, hold four, you know, that, that's such a simple thing that's helped me to ground myself on numerous occasions when I've needed to, uh, or, or using a meditation at night time, which I go through spells of that, uh, where I'll um, have one to go to sleep or, or use one in the morning. So that's probably... Um, yeah, five, but um, there's, there's many more little things. And, and I firmly believe that well-being comes from 
a whole lot of little things incrementally, incrementally added into your into your lifestyle. And uh, as you add them, and and then you look back retrospectively and you think, wow, that's that's worked really well. It's time to add something else, and that's where we see um, some pretty neat change. It's quite incredible, actually, because for most of us, when we're going through or trying to climb that mountain, all we see is more mountain. It becomes very overwhelming to have to take care of yourself, and yet. It is the most simple thing to do in the in the adversity of it all, in the facing of that adversity. Um, and like what I really enjoy hearing you say is that it's incremental and it's little bits, little steps. We don't have to do the whole thing all day, every day, or sit and meditate twice a day for an hour a day or go for a one-hour run or get to the gym. It's not about making it harder on ourselves, but if anything, it's really loving ourselves and listening to our body, but also making sure that we move it and we feed it and we take care of it in the best way. I mean, that's ultimately the truest act of self-love. And if that's the case, what is your definition of self-love? Oh, I knew you were going to ask me that. <laughs> um, well, it's sort of three parts for me. Uh I firmly believe you need to nourish yourself first as a whole, body, mind, and spirit. So it's not just when I say nourish, nourish as in food or the drink. Um, but the second part is to support those around you. That really can only come second because you need to nourish yourself, body, mind, and spirit first. And then there's a, I believe there's a third part. Um, if you're nourishing yourself first as body, mind, and spirit, you're supporting those around you second. The third is to respect your environment uh, because we are the ripple effect, even, even, even if we don't know it. So beautiful and so simple. I know we're coming to the close. Could you just please tell the listener a little bit more about the Wellbeing Toolkit, where we can get it and how and where we can follow you on social, sweetheart? Okay, so the Wellbeing Toolkit I set up with my, uh, I've set up a company called Bella SQ. So uh, because I'm, it's Kiwi, I'll uh, just read out it's www.bellasq.co.nz uh, and that's spelled B E L L A S Q.co.nz. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, you can find me on Facebook, Bella SQNZ, or uh, on Insta, Bella SQ. Uh, NZ. So uh, what I can do is I can give you those to put in the show notes. And uh, anybody can email me if they want to have a chat and want to know more about it. That's suze at bellasq.com. And that's suze, S-U-Z, yes. at bellasq.co.nz. Uh, the no.com for my email. Dot, oh, .com. Perfect. Yeah. Now, if that's the case and someone wanted this this program, this toolkit that you have, it's also for the individual. It's not just for the corporates, isn't it? It's for families. It's for friends. It's for your own personal use. Is that correct? Yes, that's absolutely right. So it's a it's a simple thing to just uh, you can you can actually if you head to the website, you can actually see a, a demo video. I've, I've got a video up there that explains my story as well. It just gives you a bit of an idea of the cartoon animated video styling, which is really helpful. So it it's a style where it uh, it's for the whole family. So 
It's something that um, is easy to watch. They're small bite-sized pieces because I believe in incremental change. And uh, you just basically go into the uh, website. Uh, you can download the subscription and from there you'll get access to, to it and you can put that on your uh, phone or your tablet or the TV at home to do it as a family if you choose to. It's a, it's a simple, easy thing. And each month you'll get a, an email which will update you on your next topic, uh, which you'll have a five to eight minute uh, cartoon animated video to watch. There'll be podcasts, um, links and uh, various things that relate to that topic, which are optional that you can look at. And then there's an, a cartoon animated challenge, uh, which just encourages you to put something new into your, it's different from each for each topic, but it might be swapping out something, it might be adding something in, and it just encourages you, challenges you to, to do something different for that month, uh, because as you well know, Kimmy, it takes 28 days to um, create a habit. And so month by month, and the goal is incrementally, you're adding new things and putting in the good stuff. I love it. I just so admire you for taking on so many learnings. I'm so grateful you came to that FMTV event in Brisbane. It was such an honour for me to speak on stage. And FMTV and Gaia have really... Uh, given us a plethora of information, documentaries, amazing people to follow. So if you really are hearing or feeling your heart calling you to do more of this work, then that is a very small investment for over a thousand documentaries and videos and interviews and amazing lessons uh, in there. And I feel very privileged that there is definitely one in there, Essential Oils for Health and Healing, which I did with the beautiful James Colquhoun. And so you can look up any topic and that one on aromatherapy has certainly had a heck of a lot of interest and hits. So yes, please head to those beautiful places. TED Talks are free. Podcasts are free. There is just so much availability. And then I think for what Suze is offering here in her wellbeing toolkit, that the investment is so small for the outcome. I cannot congratulate you enough, beautiful girl, and I'm so proud and honored to have you here on the show to share this amazing work and the journey you've been on to get to here. In closing, sweetheart, perhaps you could give a final message and then maybe your favorite quote at the moment right now. My final message would be um, there is no ceiling. Uh, and you know you, you are the master of your story. You write your story, so you have a story. You choose how it's written. So uh, take that on board. Self-care is your own journey. I've got a couple of quotes. I hope that's okay. <laughs> I, um, I have shared previously, uh, but I do have a quote which sits on my office wall and I've, I've kept it um, beside me because it's, uh, it's a very poignant one. It's from the late Mahatma Gandhi. And it says, keep your words positive because your words become your behavior. Keep your behavior positive because your behavior becomes your habits. Keep your habits positive because your habits become your values. And keep your values positive because your values become your destiny. That's one that's just always stays with me as I work and play. Um, but there's another one that I, I, I really love, and it was very important at the beginning of my journey uh, when I first was involved with Food Matters Television. And it came from uh, David Wolf uh, in The Hungry for Change. And it's quite simply just add in the good stuff 
and eventually it's going to crowd out the bad stuff. So good. Just add in the good stuff and eventually, how did that finish? And eventually? Eventually it's going to crowd out the bad stuff. It's going to, I'm writing this down, crowd out the bad stuff. Oh, that's so good. Love him too. So many amazing speakers on there. Gorgeous Suze, thank you for your time. It is such a privilege and honor. Thank you for being that person that's been on a big journey with me, with my programs. It is a delight every Tuesday evening to have you in the self-love and wellness mentorship program. I seriously love watching every one of you grow and go through everything that keeps expanding and developing your own self-awareness. And I especially am proud of the program that you've created out of all of your learnings. It's such a beautiful honor, isn't it, to gift back what we learn and in order to go through what we've gone through, what a gift to actually take the learnings and then create an opportunity to support someone else on their journey. So massive congratulations and kudos to you, gorgeous Suze. And thank you so much for being on the Self Love Podcast. Oh, thank you, Kimmy. It's been an absolute honor. Uh, when you look at the ripple effect that you've had on my life, uh, it's and I'm just one of those people that was at that um, conference that so many years ago. It's uh, it's it's the reason it's the reason why I got involved in in, in a lot of the things and, and was a big turning point for me. So thank you very very much. You're you're a very special soul. Thank you so much. It's been an honour. <laughs> I think I'll just go and wipe those little tears. <laughs> thank you so much, darling. Take care. Take care. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to the Self Love Podcast. Be sure to write a review and share the love with your friends and family. And head over and visit Kim and her team at 28.com. That's the word 20 and the number 8.com. Take good care. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.